the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Situation Report today. Very glad to have you with me. This is the show where we do our best every single episode to bring you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stallnecker, and again, very glad that you would choose to join us today, whether you are listening to the podcast or watching over at Salem Watch. Thank you for doing that. And uh, hopefully this is a helpful conversation. We talk about navigating an ever-changing culture, and it can be so difficult. Uh, Last week, had the opportunity to interview some incredible people. We spent some time at CPAC and uh, interviewed some incredible people. And and often this question of how do we determine what's right and what's wrong? How do we decide the best way to go? How do we figure out what's actually happening around us? Uh, So often those questions came up, and we tried to navigate some of those got some great answers. You can listen to some of those uh, conversations, of course, on the podcast. Uh, But there are things that are happening around us that in one sense, if we look at it just very superficially, seems like a great thing. This is something we should applaud. This is something that we should care about. And when I say we, uh, I approach really everything from a Christian perspective, a conservative perspective. Uh, These are things we should be excited about. But with all of the issues that we are facing, with the questions, uh, with the uh, opinions of others, all of the stuff that we're dealing with all of the time, we need to take a minute to step back and process what is underneath the headline. Right now, there's a situation brewing in the men's basic department. Men are being held hostage by overpriced brands that simply aren't mission tested. That's why we're excited to tell you about Undertack the only brand that's literally been battle-tested by special forces. These have to be the greatest boxers ever made because they cover all the bases. High-quality material that's antibacterial, anti-pilling, and moisture-wicking so you stay fresh and dry all day. Uh, I recently did a 30-mile run in preparation for an ultra-marathon in a couple weeks wearing the Recon boxers, and they were absolutely incredible. I loved them. They have a quick release fly and a secret pocket in the extra wide waistband for cash or tactical necessities. Undertack is durable, ultra light, fade resistant, and shrink resistant. And here's the best part, they're almost 30% less than the competition. Go to getundertack.com, that's getundertack.com right now. Save 20% off your order with the offer code SITREP20. All one word, SITREP20. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. That is a great American company that's unapologetically pro-America, pro-Second Amendment, and pro-military. That's GetUndertack.com. GetUndertack.com. Offer code SITREP20. Uh, get beneath what we see and beneath what we hear and beneath even what people who are telling us, people that we trust, are, are telling us that we should believe. Something happened this week that brought up, uh, in my mind, uh, a really interesting 
uh, topic <laughs> to discuss just that. How do we get beneath the headlines of these big stories? How do we understand what's really happening? How do we look critically at critical issues? Here's the story from the Washington Post just yesterday as this is being recorded. Here it is, the title, House Passes Anti-Lynching Bill that Representative Bobby Rush Says is Decades Overdue. Two years ago, this is the subtitle or the, uh, the tagline, two years ago, Senator Rand Paul blocked unanimous passage of a similar measure. I'm going to read some of this just so you can get the context here. The House on Monday overwhelmingly approved legislation that would make lynching a federal hate crime. Two years after a similar effort passed the chamber, but was held up by Senator Rand Paul. H.R. 55, the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act, was introduced by Representative Bobby Rush, a Democrat from Illinois. It would amend the U.S. Code to designate lynching a hate crime punishable by up to 30 years in prison. I'm going to come back to that paragraph here in just a second, but I'll continue reading. More than 4,000 people, mostly African Americans, were reported lynched in the United States from 1882 to 1968, in all but a handful of states. 99% of perpetrators escaped state or local punishment, according to Russia's office. 99%. That's, that's really interesting, of course. Monday's 422 to 3 vote comes after lawmakers failed to pass anti-lynching bill, bills, get this, nearly 200 times. 200 times. The three no votes were cast by Republicans, uh, Republican representatives Andrew Clyde from Georgia, Thomas Massey from Kentucky, and Chip Roy from Texas. I'm not going to spend time reading the rest of this article, but you get it. And on the outside, looking in, just very superficially, this is something that anyone who values life, anyone who values freedom and liberty would be in favor of. I don't think that there is anyone listening to this show that would say, uh, I am for lynching anyone. (laughs) Uh, I am for going after people that I don't like because they don't look like me or they don't worship like me or they don't come from where I came from. Uh, I am against them. And so I believe I have a right to take their lives the period of time that's given in this article um, from 1882 to 1968, a very turbulent time in the United States, of course, when we talk about uh, race and racism and all of those issues. Um, This is a horrible, horrible thing. The idea of lynching and and to consider 4,000 people and nearly 99%, um, at least according to this article, escaped any kind of punishment for that. Unbelievable. And I think all of us would agree that lynching is a hate crime. Uh, The question that always comes into my mind when I hear things like this and read things like this is, um, what kind of murder is not a hate crime? I always wonder (laughs) about that. Uh, How do you murder someone without it being a hate crime? Maybe if you're a professional killer or something. Um, But crimes against other people, uh, to me, there has to be some level of hate there, but we find this. And again, when we talk about laws like this, first of all, making uh, lynching a hate crime punishable by 30 years in prison, murder is already punishable by a lifetime in prison. Now, uh, maybe because it's a hate crime, it will add to the severity and keep someone from getting out early or something like that. But why do we push so hard to label these crimes? And this is just one of many examples as hate crimes. Why the push? Now, again, on the outside, this seems like a good thing. 
Uh, we want to identify that going after other people for reasons uh, not of their own making, they didn't commit a crime, but we're doing harm to them, that that's hate. And hate is wrong. Of course, hate is wrong. Uh, I've got four children. I've worked very hard to teach them that they should not hate other people. They certainly should not hate other people for the color of their skin or their background or, uh, again, their religious preference. And to do so is wrong. I want to be very clear up front. (laughs) Uh, I am in favor of the idea that lynching, killing anyone is a hate crime. The question we have to ask ourselves, and this is where we need to be critical thinkers, is why, particularly 70 years after the event that brought this bill to passage, 70 years later, when so many of the issues around what happened to Emmett Till uh, have been dealt with, Why is there still a push to label this and other things as hate crimes? Uh, I want to take you to another article that speaks to this, and the title is simply, What is a Hate Crime? This is from the CBC. It's a Canadian uh, broadcasting network. Um, And they ask this question and then answer it. What is a hate crime? Now, why do we go to Canada? As we consider many of the things happening in Canada right now, it's not difficult to draw a line between the United States in Canada. <laughs> I'm not talking about uh, proximity because we share a border. That's not the reason it's easy to draw a line. It's easy to draw a line. And as we've seen demonstrated, even in recent days, it's easy to draw a line because we see kind of the extreme consequence of many of the laws and uh, other uh, regulations that are being pushed here in the United States. We see, we, we see the extreme result or consequence of those laws. If you listen to this show or watch this show, I interviewed um, Vish Bora the other day. And uh, man, great interview. We talked about a lot of different things. I asked him the question. He, he works for uh, Representative Matt Gates and does a lot of other things politically. I asked him the question, um, what impact do you think the truckers uh, convoy in Canada will have on the United States? Is this a warning to the United States? Is this something we should pay attention to? <laughs> and he said, I think you have it backwards. So I listen. I think you have it backwards. I think the reason this is happening in Canada, Canada and the reason the truckers needed to respond and the reason the Canadian government has responded by calling those truckers terrorists and freezing their assets, the reason that's happening is because on January 6th of last year, we allowed uh, our government, our federal government, federal law enforcement officers to call and then treat American citizens as domestic terrorists. We allowed that to happen. That's the model that later has been followed in Canada. And we can see the extreme consequence. Other examples of this. So many of our social issues that we're grappling with here in the United States. Canada is on the far end of that. We can see the gender issues. um, Issues related to abortion and and the pro-life movement. Uh, We see the extreme consequence of many of the ideas we're dealing with here in the United States. So when we talk about hate crimes, let's see how Canada handles hate crimes. Let's look at the natural consequence or the extreme consequence of this. The question is, in this CBC article, what is a hate crime? Let me read some of this to you. The Criminal Code of Canada says a hate crime is committed to intimidate, harm, or terrify not only a person, but an entire group of people to which the victim belongs. The victims are targeted for who they are, not because of anything they have done. Now, so far, so good. We get it. 
Uh, hate crime is not based on someone doing wrong. It's based on simply who they are, where they come from, their skin color, uh, their religious preference, these things. A hate crime is a crime committed against someone because of simply who they are. Uh, this article goes on. A hate crime is one in which hate is the motive and can involve intimidation, harassment, physical force, or threat of physical force against a person, a group, or property. I'm against those things. You should be against those things. It continues. In Canada, it is also a crime to incite hatred. Sections 318 and 319 are the relevant sections of the criminal code. Under section 318, it is a criminal act to advocate or promote genocide, to call for support, encourage, or argue for the killing of members of a group based on color, race, religion, ethnic origin, or sexual orientation. Section 319 deals with publicly stirring up or inciting hatred against an identifiable group based on color, race, religion, ethnic origin, or sexual orientation. It is illegal, get this, to communicate hatred in a public place by telephone, broadcast, or through other audio or visual means. The same section protects people from being charged with a hate crime if their statements are truthful or the expression of a religious opinion. Now, we're going to continue having this conversation. But when the Canadian government, and now to a large extent the United States government, not just with the most recent act, but in a lot of areas, we talk about hate crimes, uh, identifying something as a hate crime against a person carries additional penalties with it. We know that in, in many sectors of our law. When we identify something as a hate crime, if those who are judging the committer of the crime decide that hate was involved, there are real consequences. Even if someone was not hurt, even if there was no one hurt. You get what this says? It is illegal to communicate hatred in a public place by telephone, broadcast, or through other audio or visual means. To communicate hatred. Now, what does it mean to communicate hatred? I don't know. Someone outside of the listening will have to decide if what was communicated was hatred. Now, this sounds good. It sounds like there will be an unbiased third-party body of some kind, people with absolutely pure motives and intentions, who will listen to real hatred and be able to differentiate that from free speech or public expression. We have the First Amendment in the United States, the First Amendment to our Constitution, in our Bill of Rights, and it protects speech, even speech which you may not like and I may not like. We allow people to say things that are contrary, perhaps, to the mainstream or to what other people will appreciate hearing. We protect that speech because we believe that speech should be protected. We were not made to live in isolation. Sadly, Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. A lot of guys end up drinking, a lot of guys end up losing hope. Someone will go to the VA and they'll try to get, you know, prescription medications to help with PTSD. You know, they'll get pills for anxiety, they'll get pills because they can't sleep, now they'll get pills for depression before they know it. they're taking 12 different medications. And when it's not working out, these guys lose hope, and that's why there's 23 guys a day committing suicide. 
The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. As a result, we've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Everything they said just kept hitting me in the heart over and over and over again. It's like all the things that I didn't know that I needed to hear. And uh, I opened my heart to God that week, dude, and like, I've been a different person ever since. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. We provide our programs and resources, including travel, at no cost to our warriors. I remember talking to a licensed social worker who actually handed me a pamphlet to Mighty Oaks. So I went, and I'm glad I did. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. Our mission is to serve and restore our nation's warriors and families who have endured hardship through their service to America, and to help them find new life purpose through hope in Christ. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. And yet when someone with authority can deem speech hatred, even without action, then someone with an opinion different than yours can be prosecuted for having that opinion and stating it publicly. This is very important for us to get a hold of. We say, well, that could never happen here in the United States. Well, it's happening in Canada. Uh, Again, back to the truckers' convoy, we know that freedom-loving Canadians and Canadians who could no longer work because of vaccine mandates and other issues related to interstate commerce, to traveling, to doing their job, they couldn't work. They petitioned their government. Then they staged a peaceful protest And in response to that, their government decided that what they were saying and what they were doing was domestic terrorism, that it was hate, hate against the government and hate against others. If you'll recall, much of what was happening or has been happening, still is, with the truckers' convoy in Canada is that the folks who are involved in that are being cast as racist, as (laughs) anti-Semitic. It's nuts. But based on that characterization, legislation is being enacted. Laws are being pursued. People are being arrested. Assets are being frozen. Not because of what the truckers and those involved in that protest have done, but because of what they think and what they speak, what they say, what they believe. This is so important. When we evaluate what's being done. I'm not asking anyone to be cynical, but you need to think about the furthest consequence of what is being done. We tend to look at things and say, well, in the best case scenario, this will protect us. What we need to do is ask the question, what is the worst case scenario and how would that affect us? When hate crime legislation comes up, it sounds great. And if the right people are making the decision, 
It's going to protect the right people. But if the wrong people are making the decisions, it can be a very, very difficult and damaging road to walk. Uh, I want to continue reading this. I just stopped in the middle of this article from the CBC. I'll continue. The mischief section, the mischief section, 430, covers hate-motivated mischief and religious property in subsection 4.1. It provides for harsher sentences than mischief involving other property. Bill C-451, introduced in the last parliament, would have added schools, community centers, daycares, and other property. However, the bill died with the election call, and it goes on. Under Section 13 of the Canadian Human Rights Act, it is a discriminatory practice to send hate messages via telecommunications equipment, including the Internet. And again, although we agree in concept with so much of what's being said, we have to understand the infringement on our individual liberties that comes along with it. And you might say, well, I will never be caught up in that. How do you know? How do you know? For the last couple of years here in the United States, we know that our media has been largely controlled centrally. <laughs> Central control of the message from uh, those in politics, from those now in the White House, from those trying to control and manip- manipulate elections. So if the information we have been receiving is a filtered message. On the other hand, we're talking a lot right now about not only censorship, but canceling. Seeing politicians canceled, seeing comedians and actors canceled, seeing people in the news canceled. For what crime? For the crime of saying things and believing things that are contrary to the mainstream narrative. Do we understand the problem? Now, here's where some courage is required. (laughs) I don't think any of us really want to cause problems. I don't think any of us at a dinner party want to say, hey, did you hear about that uh, anti-lynching legislation? It's now a hate crime to lynch someone. Boy, I'm against that. I don't think you should lead with that at your next uh, dinner party. Because again, we would all agree that that's horrible, horrible in any form, that it contains hate. (laughs) We, We would all agree with that. But we need to be very careful not to piece away our freedom, our liberty, our ability to think freely and act freely because something looks good or fits a particular narrative. Do you think maybe if Congress has tried 200 times to pass this legislation that there's something underneath it? I'm going to take you to the final article that I'll I'll go over with you today. From the Rutherford Institute, this is by John and Nisha Whitehead. The title of the article is this, The Mind Control Police, The Government's War on Thought Crimes and Truth Tellers. Thought Crimes and Truth Tellers. There's a quote at the top of this article by George Orwell. In a time of deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. Telling the truth is a revolutionary act. Let me work through some of this article with you because, again, it it really puts a, a capstone, I think, on these other things that we've been talking about. The U.S. government, which speaks in a language of force, is afraid of its citizenry. That's the first sentence. That's a great sentence. 
What we are dealing with is a government so power-hungry, paranoid, and afraid of losing its stranglehold on power that it is conspiring to wage war on anyone who dares to challenge its authority. All of us are in danger. Now, let me pause real quick. I'm reading an article. I certainly agree with the concepts, with the idea, with where it's coming from. Um, I, I can't validate the statement that the government is afraid of us and that it is doing you know, some of the things that will be outlined here. When we talk about the government, what, is it, what does that mean exactly? The government, the government, everyone in government? Well, of course not. Uh, so, you know, if you want to send an email or um, make a comment and say not everyone in government is evil, I, I get that. I don't believe everyone in government is evil, <laughs> but I do believe we have a central structure that is working to silence the voices of dissent, those who would speak contrary to what those in the government, particularly the federal government, deem to be right and wrong. Those who are against that or those who speak against that. And the article here says, all of us are in danger. I'll continue reading. In recent years, the government has used the phrase domestic terrorist interchangeably with anti-government extremist and terrorist to describe anyone who might fall somewhere on a very broad spectrum of viewpoints that could be considered dangerous. The ramifications are so far-reaching as to render almost every American an extremist in word, deed, thought, or by association. Let me read that last sentence again. Very important. The ramifications are so far-reaching as to render almost every American an extremist in word, It's what we say. Indeed, that's what we do in thought or by association. So this isn't just what we say and what we do. This is what we think and who we want to spend time with. Now, let's pause real quick before I continue reading. Have you known anyone or heard of anyone who's been canceled? Not even because of what they said or what they did but because of what someone said they thought or believed? Have you known anyone, a politician, an actor or actress, a comedian, uh, perhaps someone in the news, a pundit of some kind, an athlete? Have you known anyone who has been canceled because of who they spent their time with? If you're paying attention, you have. We have examples of all of those things. And now, with the blessing of social media, (laughs) there are people being canceled for who they used to associate with many, many years ago. Some, now adults, working jobs, doing important things. But when they were teenagers or young adults, they spent time with people who eventually became something else, and now, by association, they're being canceled. What's being said in this article is illustrated every day. Let me continue reading. In the government's latest assault on those who criticize the government, whether that criticism manifests itself in word, deed, or thought, the Biden administration has likened those who share false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories and other forms of mis, uh, mis, dis, and malinformation terrorists. You get that? Our current administration is not saying we disagree with what they're saying, we don't like what they're saying, here's the reason what they're saying is wrong. It's simply painting with a broad brush those who disagree with the administration as terrorists. Now that's very important. 
Similar to classifying something as a hate crime, being classified as a terrorist has very real consequences for those to whom that label is attached. It's not simply a pejorative of some kind. Well, they're a terrorist. You know how we like to call everyone a Nazi nowadays? We like to say, well, they're a Nazi because we disagree with them, or they're a communist because we disagree with them. There are real Nazis and there are real communists, but most of the people we sling those words at are neither of those things. But this isn't like that. When we say someone is a terrorist, particularly when the federal government classifies someone as a terrorist, they can suspend their rights as an American citizen. We're seeing this right now happen with uh, some of the protesters from the January 6th event that happened. Um, You're familiar with that. These folks have been held without bail, having their rights taken from them as American citizens. Why? Why? Well, very simply, Because they have been classified not as criminals, not as someone who did something wrong, but as terrorists. And when you're classified as a terrorist, there's a very real legal consequence that comes with that. And that's exactly what the current administration is using. The next part, this article says, is a kicker. Let me read this for you. Because if something's a kicker, we want to read it. According to the Department of Homeland Security's latest terrorism bulletin, Check this out. This is not some crazy person uh, in their parents' basement somewhere. This is a publicly accessible Department of Homeland Security terrorism bulletin. And again, I want to give this to you so you can go look this up if you'd like to. The Rutherford Institute. This article is by uh, John and Nisha Whitehead from the Rutherford Institute. You can go find this article and these, uh, these statements are validated there. Um, all of the resources are given there. You can read those. Um, But I'll continue reading. These threat actors seek to exacerbate societal friction to sow discord and undermine public trust in government institutions to encourage unrest, which could potentially inspire acts of violence. Some really important words here. Talking about domestic terrorists. These are American citizens who are speaking against the mainstream narrative. How does this bulletin from the Homeland Security, uh, from Homeland Security classify them? calls them threat actors, and it says they seek to exacerbate, to to blow up societal friction to, get this, sow discord and undermine public trust in government institutions, and that these things could potentially inspire acts of violence. We are now classifying as terrorists people who speak against the government and who could potentially potentially inspire acts of violence. There's a lot of maybe they could in that statement. Now that is coming directly from the Department of Homeland Security. You see what's happened? When we begin to use words as legal terms with legal consequences, And we attach these words, these labels to people who speak their mind, who speak what they believe, who speak against the entrenched power. When we can label them as terrorists, we can silence their voice. Now, there are a lot of things said in this country that I don't like by people I don't like. But when the voices of those we disagree with are silenced, On the left or the right, we are living in a very dangerous time. 
Now, if your people are in government, you think this is great. Silence them. Keep them quiet. Until the pendulum swings, and now it's their people that are in government, and they can silence us. And then laws can be passed, legislation can be pursued that we disagree with, but can't say anything about. This article goes on, you see the government doesn't care if what you're sharing is fact or fiction, or something in between. Again, an important distinction. This isn't about fact or fiction. This isn't about right or wrong. This isn't about telling the truth or telling a lie. The government doesn't care. What it cares about is whether what you're sharing has the potential to make people think for themselves and, in the process, question the government's propaganda. Get ready for the next phase of of the government's war on thought crimes and truth tellers. For years now, the government has used all the weapons in its vast arsenal, surveillance, threat assessments, fusion centers, pre-crime programs, hate crime laws, militarized police, lockdowns, martial law, etc., to target potential, potential, (laughs) I'm highlighting, potential enemies of the state based on their ideologies, behaviors, affiliations, and other characteristics that might be deemed suspicious or dangerous. For instance, if you believe in and exercise your rights, Under the Constitution, namely your right to speak freely, worship freely, associate with like-minded individuals who share your political views, criticize the government, own a weapon, demand a warrant before being questioned or searched, or any other activity viewed as potentially anti-government, racist, bigoted, anarchic, or sovereign, you could be at the top of the government's terrorism watch list. Moreover, as New York Times editorial warns, you may be an anti-government extremist, a domestic terrorist, in the eyes of the police, if you are afraid that the government is plotting to confiscate your firearms, if you believe the economy is about to collapse and the government will soon declare martial law, or if you display an unusual number of political and or ideological bumper stickers on your car. Uh, I'll stop reading the article there. It continues on and you can go and check it out. Great article. And I'll say this, I, I am probably the furthest thing you can find in the conservative spectrum, from a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> we, on the conservative side of the spectrum, uh, tend to lean into conspiracy theories, so-called. Uh, they say that the difference between a conspiracy theory and truth is about six months. You know, it seems like we're finding out every few months that what was once deemed a conspiracy theory is truth. But that's not what any of this is about. This is about what's actually happening in our government and to American citizens like you and me. And again, if we're going to be people that value liberty and value freedom, then we need to be careful not to jump on everything that seems good and feels good without actually asking the reason. Why is this happening and why is it happening now? Is there a real problem that is immediate in nature that's being solved by whatever it is that's happening. Again, we'll go back to uh, this bill that was passed yesterday. Is there an immediate issue that's being solved right now by this bill? Well, the answer would be no. Not at all. So why then has those in government or have those in government worked so hard to pass hate crime legislation, not just here, but in many other areas 
Well, there must be a reason. The reason is because if you can call something hate, and you are the arbiter of what is hate and what is not, then you control what a person says, what they think, who they spend time with, what they do, what they don't do, what they don't participate in. And if you have the force of the federal government behind you, then you can put them in jail, you can seize their assets, you can take away or suspend their rights, simply because they are different than you. We often on this show talk about having the information and perspectives we need to navigate an ever-changing culture. When I say that, it's not just a catchy tagline. (laughs) What it means is that in our lives, there should be some really big signs along the road that say, be careful. Think before you proceed. Don't buy into everything that you hear. Maybe there's one, it's a longer sign, maybe it's a billboard. You don't need to be a conspiracy theorist, (laughs) but you should ask some questions before you make up your mind. Think before you simply accept what those in the so-called mainstream are telling you to accept. It's really, to me, sad and, and difficult thing to get my mind around. Because there are things like lynching, (laughs) that are horrible. We were talking about this earlier today, before we started taping, and I I can't even, I'm thankful for the time in which I live. Now, I'm not saying we don't have problems today, that these issues don't live some places in the United States. I certainly understand they live in places around the world. These are real issues in places around the world. But I'm thankful for the time in which we live because it's a time that allows me, because of our culture, to not even be able to fathom thinking it's okay to to kill someone, to hurt someone, uh, even to talk poorly about someone because they're, they're not like me, because they don't look like me, because they don't come from the same place that I come from or they uh, worship differently than I do. I cannot even fathom the mindset of that. When I read that (coughs) between uh, the years that were given in the first article that I read, uh, 4,000 lynchings took place that we know of, and that 99% of those involved uh, never had to be held to any standard or consequence for that. I can't even even get my brain around that. That makes zero sense to me. But unless we're trying to fix a problem that's already been fixed, (laughs) murder is still illegal. We live in a society and at a time in society where crimes like that are deemed as egregious and horrible. If that's the case, then we have to rationally ask, why then for 70 years and 200 attempts would we work so hard to label something that is horrible and has the consequence of life in prison already? Why do we want to label that as a hate crime? Other crimes, things that are said, things that are done. I didn't read everything in the article uh, from the CBC in Canada, 
Um, but so many of the things that are illegal as hate crimes really have nothing to do with even damage to property or hurting other people. Things that are said, uh, things that are uh, intoned. We have to be very, very careful. Be aware that those there are those in our society who would seek to do us harm, would seek to silence our voices. Why do you think people want to control the elections? Because they want to silence the voices of people who are different than them. That's it. Be very careful, be very aware, and understand <laughs> that we need to get beneath the headlines. We need to figure out what's actually going on. We need to ask some questions. We need to look at some countries where these things have been done and figure out what the natural consequence of these actions, these legislation, uh, legislations, uh, these, these conversations, what is the natural consequence? What is the extreme on these? What is it that will actually happen if we pursue this path? And if we ask those questions and consider the consequence Hopefully with a heart of compassion, with care and concern for those who have been hurt, but with an eye toward liberty and continued liberty in the country that we love so much, we'll make the right decisions. When we talk about navigating a never-changing culture, the funny thing about navigating is you don't necessarily get to control the landscape. Navigating isn't about controlling what people do or don't do. It's not even about stopping things you don't like. It's about seeing what's true, understanding what's right, knowing where to turn, knowing who to go around, and how to continue moving forward. There may be things in culture we can't change. There may be issues that arise. There will be certainly politicians that put forward legislation that we disagree with. Maybe we can't control all of that. But really, that's not the point. The point is, we need to be wise enough, savvy enough, curious enough, interested enough, understand our history enough, that in spite of what happens, we can navigate an ever-changing culture. Take some time to look into these issues, these, this today a giant example. I don't know if there's anything you can do about it, but you need to be aware of it. But this and so many other issues have underlying motivations that if you are unaware can impact your life. You need to have the right perspective and the right information to navigate an ever-changing culture. And hopefully we can continue to help provide that for you. I appreciate you uh, sticking with me on that. This is so important, and, and we've just got to think. We've just got to think. Social media has created this world around us where we don't have to think. We just have to like just go along with it, keep scrolling, keep looking, keep listening. There's more information than we know what to do with. Stop. Cut some of it out. Ask real questions and find people that are having real conversations, not just screaming, having real conversations so that you can know what to think and how to navigate I appreciate you listening to this. Uh, again, I mention this uh, just about every episode, but you can find this podcast, of course, wherever it is you're listening from. Make sure you're subscribed to that podcast platform. Uh, we all like to listen 
to, in different places for different reasons. Make sure you're subscribed. That's the most important thing. But I would also encourage you to go over to the Salem Podcast Network, and you can find that. Just Google Salem Podcast Network, and uh, you'll find this show, uh, all of the archived episodes of this show. We've got a whole bunch of them. We've have, had some incredible guests, and we're going to add more. So go and check those out. Um, but beyond our show, The Situation Report, you can find other incredible podcasts on the Salem Podcast Network. And uh, I would encourage you to go check that out. And that would be fantastic. Thank you again for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for participating in this conversation. And I look forward to talking to you next time. Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. He created the Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for you and me. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. Sale of the year. That means it's not going to happen again. This is the sale of the year. What is it? For a limited time, you will receive 60% off the Giza Dream Sheets that comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. You will receive a set for as low as $39.99. For a limited time, with any purchase, you will receive Mike's soft cover book free when you use promo code SITREP. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code SITREP. Along with this offer, you will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. For those of you that would rather use the phone, and some of you are out there, you know who you are, call 1-800-870-0283, use the promo code SITREP, or MyPillow.com and use the promo code SITREP. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.